afternoon, America. Welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board. Happy to hear that everybody's doing well. Uh, it is strange times that we're living in. Just, um, and I, I don't know if the if if the times are any stranger now than they have been. I think it just feels strange because we're living in it. We're not reading about it. I was listening to. Uh, Pulse the other day, Malcolm and, and McCullough are having this conversation, and it was it was very interesting. They were talking about cigarette smoking, and McCullough mentioned that th- the medical profession understood that smoking was bad for us, that it 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 could cause lung cancer. There were papers up. He said, I think the first paper was published in the early 1900s. I don't remember exactly when, maybe 07, maybe 1912, somewhere in the early 1900s. Then he said in the 1950s, it it was certainly becoming more known and and other studies and, and, and papers were being made available. Yet doctors, you know, nurses, surgeons, individuals in the medical profession continued to smoke regularly while performing surgery, while on the job, while, you know, doing things in the act of their medical profession. And it just made me think that, you know, here's this, this known commodity. It's becoming more known, known every day, but yet it, it takes culture some time to to catch up to the information and i almost feel like that's that's where we are you know in terms of education that it has taken culture some time to catch up to this this known commodity that public education is not what it's cracked up to be it is not what it is billed as that it's, um, you know, it has an intent and it's not a, it's, it's not out there in your face, but the, the people behind the scenes, the people behind the closed doors, the people behind the curtain have this intent in mind and it's sinister, it's malicious, but they understand that if they can get to the hearts and minds of the kids then, you know, they win. They they win for the future. Because we, we know that what happens in education today will surface in culture, you know, 10, 15 years from now. However, there is good news because eyes are opening. It's, it's taken us a minute to get here, but eyes are opening. Just like, you know, by the time we got in and the conversation with Malcolm and McCullough, they they said by the time we got to the late 90s, 98, 99, the, you know, we finally had these tobacco settlements and it it was, it was out there. It had finally, the, the news had finally, let me say it this way, culture had finally caught up to the news. I was going to say the news had finally caught up to culture, but no. The, the news had already been out there. Culture needed to catch up to the news. And we're experiencing something very similar today at the public 
the public's eyes are opening. They're opening slowly, but they're opening. I've got, you know, last week we talked about this bill that was being uh, proposed in the state of Maine. Uh, I don't remember the bill number. I'd have to go back and look at my notes and listen to the 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 podcast from a couple of weeks ago. I think it was last week. But this Maine bill would have allowed Maine to take transgender identifying children from parents within the state. You remember we, we talked about this. It also would have allowed anyone to take a child from any state that banned child gender transition medical procedures and allowed them to bring that child into Maine. And, and Maine would not have considered this action to be child kidnapping under the bill, you know, because they're out here, you know, giving this medical treatment to the child. How can it be kidnapping? You're providing medical treatment that the parent refuses to provide. And this, you know, there were there were state legislators, which, by the way, in Maine, the uh, the state house is Democrat, the Senate is Democrat, the governor is Democrat. Democrats control everything. Uh, this bill's sponsor was a Democrat, Lori Lori Osher. So she supported this bill. She sponsored it, uh, and. In, in her support of it, she said there's a coordinated national attack on gender-affirming care. There's a coordinated national attack on, on, this, on these gender-affirming medical treatments that are so necessary. She said, for transgender and non-binary young people, the most important thing the adults in their lives can do is to be supportive. They have to support this, this desire for the child to, to transition. And it's a national attack. Therefore, this bill really put Maine in a position to lead the charge against the, quote, national attack. That's why you could come from any state. You could bring a child from any state and bring him to Maine. Uh, I don't know that this was the language, but, you know, Maine is now becoming a sanctuary state for gender-affirming care. And this legislation would not have, you know, counted it as kidnapping. Nope, nope. You are providing care that that child needs. So this mom came out. Uh, the uh, Alicia Lawson was her name. And she publicly said this is this bill's horrible. Uh, the state would be able to take my child right out from under me. Uh, she said the pediatricians could have called up the Department of Health and Human Services and said, this mom is not allowing her child to have this care that she needs, and let's take the child, because Mrs. Lawson was not in favor. Uh, in, in 2020, she had a teenage daughter who identified as a, a boy, and the daughter wanted to get on hormones, uh, and she wanted top surgery. She wanted she wanted the, the the surgery on top to happen. She hadn't gone to the bottom surgery yet, but she wanted top surgery. Uh, Mrs. Lawson talked extensively with her daughter about the transgender feelings. And in a few years, her child grew out of them. And this is what people in the medical profession 
and people in education and people in the in the in the state legislature this is what they don't want to have happen they don't want parents to find out and then you know talk their children out of it because they they want the children to be destroyed they want the children to be confused they they want the children's lives to be ruined because they want to create this generation of of confusion they want to create a, a, a generation of ruin because they in, in their heart they don't want this country to continue moving towards a path of freedom oh it doesn't it sound conspiratorial it does i know it sounds like the evil villain in the james bond film it, it it's almost cartoonish when I hear myself talk about it out loud, it almost just sounds cartoonish. Like, oh, this isn't real. We're, I'm, we're reading this sci-fi book. I mean, people don't want to take over the world. There, there aren't, you know, there, there isn't this underlying nefarious force that wants to take over America and take away our freedoms. Well, uh, my friends, uh, th- th- there is. And, and we're watching it unfold before our very eyes. And the, the the culture, the public, those of us that are paying attention, we're, we're, we're catching up to the news. We're, we're catching up to the reality. We are catching up to the realization that there is something malicious afoot. And um, you know, Mrs. Lawson here in Maine is, you know, she's on the front lines. She's leading the way. And, and and she pulls her daughter aside and she starts talking to her daughter about these transgender feelings. And Mrs. Lawson said the feelings were complicated because her daughter is autistic, which, you know, the fact that, that we have people in education that are playing on uh, children with autism is just, is just wrong. Mrs. Lawson said that in order to navigate the topic, she took her daughter to a pediatrician who said signing her daughter up for gender transition surgery now would help her get through the long wait list for the procedure. You know, so she goes to the pediatrician and the, and the, and the pediatrician said, oh, we, we should do this now. This needs to happen now. So you know, we're watching this unfold in these three areas legislature where this bill is going to be passed and the medical community where they're pushing it. I've got a story here that hopefully I'll get to out of New York where the school, uh, you know, was pushing a, a transition and didn't want the parents to know. So here, Miss Lawson is at the, the pediatrician's office and, and the pediatrician uh, says by the time she's 18 to make her own choice, then she won't have to wait on the wait list. This is what the pediatrician's saying. You know, we should do this now. Yeah, and let's get her on the list. And by the time she's 18 and she wants to do it, you know, boom, it'll just be ready there for her. Uh, Mrs. Lawson refused the offer. She refused to put her daughter on the wait list. And today her daughter no longer wonders if she's a man because she had caring people in, in her life caring people that were able to 
talk this this issue out talk her through the issue it is all it's it's a bold-faced lie when we have people in position of authority who are telling kids you know you might be the opposite sex you you, you might not you know you might have been born in the wrong body well they're lying to them it, you, you're not the opposite sex you, you've got one of two choices and you're born that way you're born either a male or you're born a female. And, and for people who claim to be intelligent and they tell us otherwise, it, it lets you know that A, either they're not intelligent or B, they're liars. And it might be both, but it's probably the latter. They are intelligent. They know what they're doing. They're doing it on purpose. They're just liars. And they and they think they can lie to a general public of sheep a general public of people that will just nod their head and just go along with it. But we have Americans who are catching up to the news cycle. We have Americans who, who whose eyes are being opened. Opened. And I mean open wide. So this this bill here that, that we've talked about, this Epic Times is reporting just the other day, that it's killed in committee. The bill was killed in committee. Now, now I, there's there's an important point here. The bill is sponsored by Democrats, and we've talked about this. It's odd to me that only one party wants to destroy our kids, and that's the Democrat Party. There was only one party that wanted slavery, that wanted to literally destroy a group of people, and that's the Democrat Party. There's only one party that really pushes abortion down our throats. There's only one party that wants to to destroy babies in the womb. That's the Democrat Party. I, I don't I don't know what it is, why this is a party of death. I don't know why the Democrat Party is a party of evil. Um I don't do a very good job here on this show of staying out of the political weeds and I'm not going to apologize for that. And if you vote Democrat I'm I'm talking to just everyday Americans right now. If you vote Democrat, you need to ask yourself an honest question. Why? Here's the question. Why am I am I voting for for people to make decisions? And and these people are part of a party that wants nothing but death and destruction for this country and for individual people groups within this country. Cakes in the 1800s they 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 wanted to they 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 wanted to enslave black people. That's what they wanted. And in the 60s they wanted to to kill babies. And and now here we are in in this, you know, century. You know, we're, we're spanning three centuries. Now this century they want to destroy young people. Uh, they, uh, this is a party of death. This is a party of destruction. This is an anti-American party. And I might be making some people upset right now. And I'm, I'm just telling you facts. I'm, I'm not, this isn't my opinion. I'm not, right now, I'm not giving you my opinion of the Democrat Party. This, these are facts. The Democrat Party d- is is the party of slavery they're the party of abortion and they're the party of of confusing our children and and wanting them 
to to think that they're born in the wrong body. That this is this is that party. It's always Democrats that that support these these types of bills. It's always Democrats that sponsor these bills. It's a Democrat in Maine that sponsored this bill. All right, uh, Lori Osher, the Democrat state representative, and you know I I read her quote to you that she said there's a coordinated national attack on gender affirming care, lady. Your assumption that 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 when we affirm the gender we're providing care is faulty. It's it's errant. There's no care here. This is gender affirming confusion. This is gender affirming life ruined. There is no care. But Democrats, they take these words that that mean one thing and they apply it to a situation and it means the exact opposite. And you know, the sheep among us are, oh, it says gender affirming care. We we must really be giving care to these people. When in fact we're not, we're destroying their lives. And thankfully, thankfully, this this young lady had a mom who cared enough about her uh and who loved her enough and um and and had the conversation with her. And was able to offer her direction. Parents, that is your role. That that is your role, to offer your children direction. Yes, when they're young, it's it's disciplined. You know, you guide them. When, when they get older in their teens, give them life direction. All right. Uh, I didn't get too far in this article. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to dive into it. On the other side of this break, we're up against it. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients. Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop. And it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. 
available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. And we are happy to have you on board. Congratulations on being one of the smart ones and making it to the Dean's List. We are happy to have you on board. I So we are... We're talking about this, this child transgender bill in Maine that uh, was killed in committee. And, and there's just, and I was trying to make this point before the break, and I don't, uh, I think I need to, to revisit it here. My point is this, in Maine, the Democrats control the House. The Democrats control the Senate. The Democrats control the governor's mansion. Democrats have complete control. Democrats have sponsored this bill. Democrats want it. They, uh, they're they're upset about this. They feel like there's a coordinated national attack on gender-affirming care. They want this bill. But it was killed in committee. All right? A bill that would have allowed people to take children from parents to get transgender procedures in Maine was killed in, in committee where Democrats control everything. Isn't that, isn't that odd? Doesn't that make you think? On January 25th, Maine's House Judiciary Committee unanimously voted down the bill with one member absent. Unanimously. This was a unanimous vote. This wasn't a party line vote. I mean, it, it couldn't have been. I mean, I guess it could have been, but I mean, if it, if it was a party line vote, the Democrats control the committee. It was unanimous. Democrats joining with Republicans. Now, there's only one explanation for this, and that is you and me. We are the explanation, the outcry, and this is the, the, this is what I'm talking about. We have hit 1999 in in terms of the. Um, the, the the tobacco discussion that for decades, uh, you know, doctors are smoking while performing surgery. You know, nurses are smoking it. You know, this clouds of 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 smoke and plume. You know, down the hospital hallways. I I don't know. I I'm just imagining. And it it didn't. It was until the the late '90s that this thing turned around. Well, we're kind of in, in, in that right now. And, and people are understanding and, and they're realizing what leaders, fake leaders, I'm just going to put it to you that way. And I mean, they're, they're real leaders. I just, they're evil. What evil leaders want to do to our kids. The, the only explanation for Democrats in Maine to kill this bill in committee is that they literally heard from everybody and their brother. Otherwise, Democrats are just steamrolling. They don't care. But if they if it gets to the point that they think they're going to, to lose their job or lose their seat or lose their place in power, then they're going to start listening. 
then then they're going to start paying attention. Uh, Maine State Representative Katrina Smith, who's a Republican, here's what she said to the Epic Times. This unanimous vote likely indicates Democrats weren't willing to debate the bill in the House. So if this thing gets out of committee, guess what? Guess what? It goes to the floor for debate. Democrats don't want to be on record here. They don't want to be on record because, well, people in Maine are are, are rising up. Miss Smith continues, if it was a divided report, then there could be a chance. Uh, they've done this to us a lot. The bill was 100%, maybe I'll say 99% killed because of the public outcry, she said. We got an incredible amount of media attention, and there it is, the public outcry, media attention. People like you, people like me, uh, just absolutely throwing a fit over this, over this bill. But, but my friends, these are Democrats. These are Democrats, and this thing isn't going to go away. I promise you it's not going to go away. Myth, myth, Miss Smith continues. In an election year, people notice bills like this one, and they're likely and their likely consequences. And the politicians who supported it may face consequences in November. She expects Democrats will continue to introduce similar bills if they're in the majority. If they're in the minority, however, it will have no chance and will be crushed, she said. Democrats, however, currently control Maine State House, State Senate, and Governor's Office. All right, so we have an election coming up in November. You folks in Maine, uh, you know, I was talking to someone the other day. Yeah, I, I was talking to, to a pastor friend, and he was commenting on, you know, he said, how can I get in the pulpit and tell my people that their vote matters when I don't know that it does? You know, we've come out of 2020. And even now, here in 2024, we're still seeing report after report after report of fraudulent activity that took place in 2020. Fraudulent activity on a scale of something we've never before seen. Now, there, there has, there's been voter fraud since, since votes were cast. I promise you there's been some level of voter fraud in every election. But the massive level of voter fraud that took place in 2020, what we're seeing is just unparalleled. And so this pastor is saying, you know, I wanted to tell my people, your vote matters, get out and vote, but, I, but, can, but can I say that in good conscience? And so we, he was telling me that he, he's going to have, uh, you know, someone come to the church and speak who is uh, running for office. And this and, and he was having this conversation with this person. And the person said, yes, the, you, their, vote, their vote matters. And you can tell them that it matters. Even in, even in fraudulent activity, the vote matters. We have to flood the voting booths. We have to. We have to just overwhelm the system. Americans need to overwhelm the system. And I'm not talking about 
Republicans overwhelming the system to vote Republican. That's I'm not even talking about party, because as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, both parties are corrupt, one party more than the other. I'm talking about Americans showing up at the ballot box and voting for the candidate who is looking out for your inalienable rights. Parental right, by the way, is an unalienable or inalienable. I mean, the words are interchangeable. The, the, the founding fathers used them interchangeably, un or in. The declaration says un. Parental rights it is one of those rights that was given to you by God. You're a parent because of God. <laughs> You're not a parent because of you know something else. Okay, the government didn't give you a card that that gives you permission to you know to reproduce. Okay, that 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 is a gift from God. So you are a parent because God said, "Boom, you have this right." Parental rights are unalienable. All right. When you go to the, I don't care. Don't look at the D. Don't look at the R. Do some research on who the the local candidate is. Do some research on who the national candidate is, and and find out where do they stand on these issues. Where do they stand on the issue of parental rights? Where do they stand on the issue of life? Because if if you vote for a candidate who does not support life which is the first unalienable right, then chances are great that candidate is not going to support the other unalienable rights. I'm just, it, it lines up that way, friends. The, the research lines up that way. David Barton and his group at Wall Builders, uh, they have done a, a marvelous job of producing this research and they've, they've determined, they, they've got the receipts, they've got the data. That when a candidate votes for life, that candidate votes for other, other rights. When a candidate does not vote for life, when a candidate is pro-death, pro-abortion, that candidate uh, does not support other rights. And I, I'm just, and you want somebody who's going to support life, who's going to support parental rights. As a parent, you, you have a right to know what's going on in your child's life. You have a right to say to that child, you know, Johnny, you're actually a little boy, and, and we're going to talk through this. We're going to get you through this, and we're going to come out on the other side with your genitalia fully intact. Can I say it that way? I mean, I could use other words, but I won't. You have that right as a parent. And, and and next November, if you live in Maine, you live in, in in Michigan, Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, California, I don't care what state you live in, Oregon, you live in Oregon, when you show up to the ballot box, show up having already done your, your research, show up having already done your homework, and know who these candidates are, know what they stand for. And, uh, you know, if they're like, you know, Lori Osher, uh, who who says that 
Um, the most important thing adults can do in the lives of these transgender, non-binary young people is to support them. No, no, Lori, that is not the most important thing parents can do in the lives of their children. Uh, you know, if they have a boy who wants to be a girl or a girl who wants to, to be a boy, the worst thing they can do is support them because it's fantasy land. It's lies. It's the worst thing parents could do is to go along with the lie that, you know, Johnny, you're born in the wrong body. Janie, I'm sorry, you're born in the wrong body. God made a mistake. That is the number one worst thing that a parent can do. The best thing a parent can do for that child is to talk them through the issue so that child has a chance at life. And so if you live in Maine, Lori Osher in November, she needs to be voted out of office. Who, who's running against uh, Representative Lori Osher? Because that person needs to be elevated. She needs to be removed from office. This is our opportunity, friends, kids. This is our opportunity. Uh, Miss Smith, the Republican over here, who I've who I've quoted, she has, you know, she has said, uh, if Democrats are in the minority. And they and they propose this, and they will. It'll come up again. They're going to introduce similar bills, she says. But if they're in the minority, these bills will be crushed. Now, it is amazing that this bill was killed in committee. Quite frankly, I'm shocked. The only reason this bill was killed, the only reason could the the only thing it could be attributed to is the public outcry. Because people like you and me just said, uh, what? No, enough is enough. We're, we're done here. We, we're, we're done playing these games. And that attitude, okay, this is February. That attitude, friends, needs to carry over into November. It, it does. It's got to stay in the forefront of our hearts and minds. We are at the 1999 tobacco industry situation, all right? We're, we're there. We uh, our, our eyes are opening, and we're, we're not doing this anymore. Miss Smith said this bill in Maine would have violated parental rights. Uh, it would have increased the number of child gender transitions and likely would have resulted in a flood of lawsuits from parents whose children were taking who, who were taken away from them and transported to Maine for child gender transition yep that's exactly what would have happened she says it's almost certain democrat maine legislators will brave those hazards at a later date it's almost certain because they feel like they can wear the public down. Or, or or maybe they'll introduce the bill and it won't be so brazen. Maybe when they bring it up again, you know, it's going to be a little softer. All right, well, let's learn our lesson. Let's come back again, make it a little softer. Um, and and then, then we can we can turn the screws to it. Okay, this is how they think. And, and we have to keep our eyes open. Not only do we have to keep our eyes open, open, but we have to remain passionate about the cause. And we have to understand what is at stake. And what is at stake 
is the future of our kids. That's what's at stake. And 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 the future of this country, because our kids are the future of this country. And if we want the freest country on the planet to remain the freest country on the planet and to remain the beacon of hope for people all over the world, this is a fight we have to make. We just do. You know, I, I said to Alex Newman the other day, it's almost as if we thought for years that the battle was in the political arena. But that was just a diversion. That That's all that was. The actual battle was taking place right under our noses in our, in our community schools all across this country, and we didn't even know it. It was the battle for the hearts and minds of our kids. And it took place... Uh, that, that that was the main battlefront, and we're over here paying attention to this diversion. You know, we're over here scrambling in politics. Who's going to be the, you know, we, we've got to, to elect the right person. We've got to have the right person in the White House. And, um, you know, those of us on the right, you know, in 2000, we were all about, you know, W. Yeah, we've got to have George W. Bush in the White House. You know, until Trump, it didn't matter if you were, if you had an R or a D by your name. I mean, I, I guess between Reagan and Trump, you know, so the Bushes were like, you know, they were just watered down versions of Democrats. I mean, it didn't matter. And we were we were buying this diversion that the that the front and the fight was was in politics. When in fact, it's been an education the whole time. And the only ones who knew it were the ones who were <laughs> who were instigating the attack. The rest of us were like, oh, we don't know, we don't know what's going on. Yeah, but those days are done. We know what's going on. Our eyes are open, and our eyes have to stay open, and we have to continue to remain passionate about uh, our, our kids and about our future and the future of this country. All right, and that's why we're here. We're here to shine the light of truth on the educational landscape, and also the light of hope. That is our point. That is our purpose. We're going to stay at it. And we will continue staying at it on the other side of this break. Thank you for joining me. You're listening to The Dean's List. We'll pick it up on the other side on America Out Loud Talk Radio. When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all, at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. 
My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. We're listening to America Out Loud talk radio. So I think we can safely determine that the Democrats killed their own bill in Maine because of us, because of you and me and the public, the public outcry. I mean, the, the public outcry happened in Maine for sure, but it this public outcry happened nationally. And these legislators in Maine did not want to have to publicly debate this on the floor. So they killed it in committee. Now, now, so here we are. This is this is what we're up against. And this is this is why I say it's 1999 tobacco industry lawsuit time. Because we're finally catching up to what's happening. Culture is finally catching up to what's happening. Parents are finally catching up to what's going on in the legislature, legislatures throughout the country, in the medical profession throughout the country. I mean, this situation in Maine. You know, mom went to the pediatrician for help and he encouraged her, get your little girl on the waiting list for, for gender transition. And probably because that's going to, you know, provide some money. You know, that's there's going to be some excellent kickback there. And the the third prong of this attack is in schools. It's happening in, in education. So here I'm holding this article out of New York. Uh, the headline says New York School District sued for treating girl as boy without mother's knowledge. A New York mother is suing the Scanitalese, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that district's name right, Scanitalese Central School District for allegedly treating her middle school daughter as a boy without parental knowledge or consent. Jennifer Vitsaki, oh boy, sorry, Jennifer. She took legal action on Wednesday after discovering the uh, the deception which took place during the 2020-2021 school year. All right, so this article just, just came out. Uh, the Epic Times is reporting this. Mom has just taken action on something that she's just now discovering that took place two years ago, been the 2021 school year. So we're now in the 23-24 school year. So this is this is a, a two-year-old situation. The complaint filed in the U.S. District Court uh, for the Northern District of New York alleges that school employees concealed from the mother that they had begun to treat her daughter as a boy, including being called a masculine name and using they and them pronouns. Ah, this makes me so mad. I'm I'm not kidding you. I don't know if I can keep reading this article. I am so mad. But I will do it. When Miss Vitsaksaki's, I'm just going to call her Jennifer. Can I do that? Because otherwise I'm going to destroy her last name every time. Uh, when Jennifer's daughter began to exhibit anxiety and depression and became reluctant to go to school, 
Jennifer turned to her daughter's teachers and school officials, who repeatedly told the mother they hadn't noticed anything to worry about. Oh. <laughs> Those repeated reassurances concealed the truth. This is what her attorneys are saying. Yeah, they concealed the truth. You know, that's a nice way to say it. Those repeated reassurances were bold, bold face lies. Let's let's say it that way. Can we conceal the truth? I mean, I like the alliance, you know, defending freedom. Don't get me wrong. They're attorneys, and they're on the good side. But I just think they need to re-say this. Those repeated assurances were bold face lies. However, during this time, teachers and school district officials were socially transitioning Jennifer's daughter and concealing this alleged fact from her at the request of a school psychologist and per district policy, according to the complaint. The, complaint. the lawsuit argues that by socially transitioning the student without parental consent and concealing crucial information about her well-being, the district violated Jennifer's fundamental parental rights and her deeply held religious beliefs. All right. And I think this is what Alex Newman said without saying the other day during our discussion. If you're a Christian parent and you have deeply held religious beliefs, you, you probably don't want your child in public schools because the majority I'm going to say it this way. I, I don't have numbers and statistics. This is this is me talking right now. But I'm going to tell you, based upon the news, based upon what's coming out, a very large majority of public schools are anti-Christian. I'm not saying the teachers in the buildings are anti-Christian. Don't get me wrong. A lot, a lot of the teachers are Christian. They don't want to be going along with us. They're afraid to speak out. They're afraid of losing their jobs and all of that. I get that. I know many of them. The people in charge of the educational system are anti-Christian, and they've created this system that these teachers have to work in that is an anti-Christian system. And if you're a Christian with deeply held religious beliefs, then you don't want your child in this system. I'm just telling you right now, homeschool or find yourself a good Christian classical school to put your child into. Do it now. Yeah, absolutely, do it now. After a school counselor instructed staff, I'm back to the article, by the way. After a school counselor instructed staff to socially transition the girl by calling her a boy's name and using third-person plural pronouns such as they and them, a school psychologist who began to secretly meet with the girl without her mother's knowledge told school staff to keep their actions secret. Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell a single soul what we're doing. Why would you do that? Why would you tell a middle school girl that she should probably be a boy and then call her they, them, and a boy's name? And then let all the staff know that you're doing this secretly. Don't don't make sure mom and dad doesn't find out. Make sure Jennifer Vitsaksaki doesn't find out. 
Because if she finds out, she'll blow our cover of what we're trying to do. What are you exactly trying to do? I just want to sit down with these people and say, well, what's your point here? What is the end game? Truly, what are you trying to achieve here? I mean, the only answer can be destruction. The The only answer can, can be um, that, that I want this, this child ruined, want their life ruined. Can you think of another answer? It's not to help the child. You're you're exacerbating the problem. All right, this 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 little girl begins to exhibit anxiety and depression. When did that happen? Because it, you know, according to the article, it doesn't start to happen until after, you know, she's being socially transitioned at school. And so then, when the mom goes to school to ask people in charge, hey, are you noticing anything? You know, they say, ah, we're not noticing anything. I mean, nothing to worry about. This is normal middle school stuff. I mean, your daughter's fine. All the while, secretly, socially transitioning her and and then, you know, making sure all the staff in the building know that this is a secret. We can't tell mom about this. The article continues, no one informed Jennifer that the school district had made any of these decisions and had taken all of these actions toward her daughter. Lawyers for Jennifer stated in the complaint that the mother was kept in the dark about her daughter's struggles with gender identity and the school officials' efforts to counsel her. This counseling included sending her resources for medical transition while the middle school girl's mental condition got worse. And mom's noticing it. And mom's going to the school. The school's telling mom, yeah, you know, it was fine. There's nothing to see here. But the school is providing the daughter resources for medical transition. Okay, the school is engaged in and transitioning her socially by calling her a boy's name and and referring referring to her as they them and and keeping it secret from mom all the while the school is counseling the little girl and giving her resources on a medical transition that's sick i'm i'm just i'm just here to tell you that is sick it's dastardly it's malicious it's evil we have evil doers in charge of public education. And if you're a Christian and you're a person with deeply held religious beliefs, you need to rethink the the public education that your child is is receiving. You need to rethink it long and hard. You better be doing your homework. You better be doing your research. Or you know what? Just do what Alex Newman suggested the other day. The building's on fire. Get your child out. But Dean, um, this this public school is a really good public school. I, I mean, that might be, but it, I, it's probably not going to be for long. Get your child out. Oh, but it costs too much money. Is your child worth it? I mean, but, but private school is just so expensive. Is your child worth it? I don't have time to homeschool. You'll find the time. Just realign your priorities. I know I'm making it sound, you know, very simplified. I'm just telling you, find a way to do it. Back to the article. The young girl resisted going to school 
she became anxious and began to speak negatively about herself. Her mother became so desperate to find out what was wrong, she took a job driving the school bus. Mom is so desperate, she knows something's up. Daughter's anxious, daughter's depressed, daughter doesn't want to go to school, daughter's speaking negatively about herself. Mom just wants to get to the bottom of it and do some incognito reconnaissance, so she takes a job as a bus driver. By concealing from Jennifer this important information about her daughter, the school district betrayed her trust. It also, according to the complaint, violated the U.S. Constitution. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Let's pull out the big guns. Yes, the school district did violate her trust. They did betray her trust. And yes, they also violated and betrayed the United States Constitution. Dean, it, there's nothing in the Constitution about um, you know children transitioning and schools hiding it. Uh, well, my friends, um, you know, rights that aren't given to the federal government are, are reserved to the people. Oh, oh, guess what? Parental rights aren't given to the to the federal government. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Parental rights are uh, what? That's an unalienable right. That's a right given to us by God. Uh, so, um, if if a school district uh, violates and, and betrays that parental right, you mean to tell me they're violating the U.S. Constitution? It is about time this argument was made. That's that's my opinion on it. I think it's about time we started making this argument. Yep, let's do it. Let's go after it. Back to the article. The lawsuit was filed on behalf of the mother by Alliance Defending Freedom, whose senior counsel, Kate Anderson, said that the U.S. Constitution, oh, here it is, grants parents the right to make decisions about their children's upbringing, education, and health care. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You better believe it. Let's Let's get it done. Ms. Anderson said parents, not the government, have the right to direct the upbringing, education, and health care of their children. Parents should be able to drop their kids off at school without fear that school staff will conceal critical information or cut them out of weighty decisions with the potential for lifelong impact on their kids. Wow, she is spot on. But she's not done because school officials concealed their actions from Jennifer. They prevented her from helping her daughter at a time when she needed her mother's loving guidance the most. And the schools did it on purpose. That's my own input. Back to the quote. Schools shouldn't hide important information from parents like Jennifer. Miss Anderson added. When Jennifer confronted school officials, they defended their actions, citing district policy, according to her lawyers. School officials continued to call her daughter by a boy's name, even after Jennifer told them to stop and removed her from in-person schooling to finish the school year online, according to lawyers. The mother ultimately enrolled her daughter in a private school some 25 miles away. Epic Times has contacted the school district, and of course, they've not replied. 
So even after Jennifer says, hey, stop, uh, you know, stop referring to my daughter as a boy, stop calling her boys names. They, they, they still did not. They, they did not obey the wishes of mom because they're going to do what they're going to do. You know, they, they don't care. They're going to do what they're going to do. Who's this one mom? I mean, she's she's just one person. And we've got everybody over here. And that's just one person complaining. Uh, just keep doing it. We want to ruin this child's life. Keep Make sure you keep doing it. However, the more of us who talk about it, the, the, the more of us who are aware of it, the more of us who know about it and demand changes, well, you know, like this this Maine, this committee in Maine who, who buckled under the pressure and killed the bill. Uh, the Democrats buckled under the pressure and killed the bill. The Democrats sponsored the bill. The Democrats killed the bill. Why? Because of the public outcry. Because of people like you and me who are tired of watching our kids be destroyed. Watching our kids, like lambs, be led to the slaughter. And, and we have to we have to speak out. We have to say something about it. It's 1999, and the, the the public is finally aware of what's happening in the tobacco industry, and lawsuits are are just. And when we're to that point here in the lives of of our kids, and the lives of of fighting for our kids. So, uh, I am, I'm confident, I'm hopeful, as we shine the light of truth. We shine the light of hope. And so what? where's the hope? The hope is that we're, we're coming alive. The hope is that we're waking up. And the hope is that this, this mass exodus from public schools will continue to unfold before our very eyes. And again, it seems quiet because it's not being covered in a lot of places. But my friends, it is happening. The exodus is taking place. And it, it, we just have to stay on it. Uh, because our kids are our future. Uh, and so, all right. Uh, well, that's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for sticking with me on these very important topics. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. 